Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. Hi, and I'm Brad Pobble, the co-host. Yay for Lauren. Yay. <laughs> Yay for Lauren. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. Um, so today we kind of have one new guest and one repeat guest only because you guys liked him. So we brought him back. So we have Chris Alexander here again. As a reminder, he's the Lexicon Director of Procurement and Asset Planning. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for nice having Nice to have me you again. again. <laughs> I see you wore a different pocket square today. Yes. I thought I would make the most of my opportunity in the spotlight. Very Brad, nice. you wore the same one. Shh. People can't see. But we have something even better. We also have a new guest today, uh, Mary Finkelday. She is our Director of Facilities here at Lexicon. Welcome. Welcome, Mary. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. She is also quite fashionable because she has glasses that match her top. They look very nice. They do. Very, very nice. They bring out your eyes. Thank you. Yeah. Did I not say that? over. You did, oh. well, but you were sucking yes, up. No, because like a week ago. Your but it's always good to hear it again. It does. <laughs> it does. Highlight That's why she wore them again. And again, it is very nice. You're, it brings out your eyes. Thank she you. said, "And again." I, so I you want have to, to, keep going. to make an observation that yeah. both the facilities and procurement person wear glasses. Is that because of all of the contract reading that you talked Ooh. about? Previously? It helps us be very scrupulous with clients' oh, money. Oh, okay. I'm you can sorry. when you're can negotiating, you, you can word? pull the glasses down and look over the top. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, don't do that. Don't do that. That's. <laughs> but I thought I feel like I'm in trouble. Doesn't milk help you? Your do look eyes? better. <laughs> I don't know. I'm lactose intolerant. Are you kidding? <laughs> so am After, I. Stop. Are you guys serious? Yes. We went through this whole episode where you told us you drink milk on Saturday nights because you're cool, and now. <sighs> And now they're both lock- wow. lact- lactose intolerant. Lactose intolerant? <laughs> lactose intolerant. Almond milk for so me, please. So you just lied. Okay. <laughs> Do you, you drink really almond heat milk? heat up almond milk. It's different. Yeah, it separates. Let's get back right. to On the that podcast. note, yeah. <laughs> Brad, I'm actually giving you um, the ability to ask the first question today. Thank so you as the host. don't mess it up as I want you, uh, Well, you as the host. Yes, me you, as a host, I am transferring. The yes. question, she does that quite a bit. She just tells me what to do and, you know, when to ask the questions, everything like that. So He's getting there. He's I'm well getting trained. there. Yes. You can always marry. Oh, yeah. I can almost make it sound good. <laughs> I'm but, practicing too, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, so, Mary, very nice to have you here. Let's go into a little bit of facilities. Most people think, you know, is it just about getting the keys, the building, keeping the lights on, you know, parking lot plowed? Is it more than that? What? Tell us what it is. What? What is, more, what is facilities? Oh, it can include all of that, plus lease management, space planning, building out, relocation, setting up the office, redesigning an office, working with procurement to refurnish an office, find more efficiencies. It runs the gambit. I always say anything you see or touch inside of an office belongs to facilities. You're running the household. Refrigerators. Yeah. Yes. Soda machines. Anything like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. The chair you are sitting in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does that spill over into your home life? Yeah. Who who wears the pants at home? The jury's out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> over and out. <laughs> 46 years, I'm not going to risk that question. <laughs> <laughs> She's a smart woman. Smart woman, definitely. Um, so a couple episodes ago, we actually talked about data analytics and how important data is to help law firms identify opportunities and trends and goals and how really firms can really put that data to work. So how does data come into play with facilities management? 
Well, if the client has good, clean data about their business, um, it can help us determine um, where they need to be located, what their office mm. ne- setup needs to look like. Um, do they need cubicles, conference rooms, private offices, file That's a great rooms? Point, yeah. um, do they need to be close to the courthouse? Are they better off in the mm. center of their client base? Um, do they need satellite offices to better serve their clients? Yeah. So um, data can give us a lot of different direction. I okay. never that never even crossed my mind, but it makes perfect sense. If you're primarily serving a specific demographic, let's put your office in an area where that demographic lives. Or if litigation is a huge part of your practice, let's put you close to the courthouse. Right. Yeah. If you are, you know, working with people with special needs, then you Mm -hmm. may want to be on a ground floor. If you are serving higher-end clients, maybe you want to be in the penthouse. Yeah. I want to be in the penthouse. uh, Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Can you find me a place in the penthouse? I will. But yeah, no, people never think about this stuff for Mm. the most part. I know I'm generalizing a little bit, but it has never crossed my mind. I've never had to open my own office or anything, but I think there's a lot of things. You know, you you own your firm, you're working within someone else's firm, and your focus is your clients. It's working to capture as much billable time as possible. And, oh, yeah, you have to move your office or open another another office. Let's go find a place, you know, good area, close to home, whatever, and be done with it. But at the end of the day, that's not everything you need to right. consider. And you probably don't have the time to consider everything you need to consider. <laughs> it was very like what Chris had said yeah. in uh, last week's podcast about wants and needs. You know, you do think about it. I would think, let, let me move close to home or let me move here. But to make your firm the most that it can be, you want to be where your demographic is or where your business is. So yeah. those are good points, Mary. It's You're exactly right. It's really important because these are long-term decisions. It's mm-hmm. not something that you can walk back on if you're not happy Very with true. the result. Or right. you could walk back on that, but it might come at a really great expense. Yeah. So having that data up front to make the best decision to take advantage of the space that you are going to lease or the location where you're going to lease into is very, very important. That's a great point. Yeah. Can you imagine buying a house and then two weeks later being like, I don't really like this I neighborhood. This kitchen. I'm going to do it all again. <laughs> I'm going to move. I'm going to put down another down payment. No. That sounds terrible. That does yes. sound terrible. I don't ever want to move. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about the process. The process around, you know, I'm a new law firm. I'm coming to you. Can you go into a little bit of detail of what that is and and how you engage with them? And, and, you know, how do you make your service work for them? So we'd want to sit down and talk about expectations, which would then go into requirements. So if you have this expectation of your firm, what's it going to require to get you get you there? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to talk about budget up front. I'd rather let them tell me what they want, and then we'll see if yeah. we can make that happen and wrap a number around that. Yeah. Otherwise, you go in and they immediately have uh, apprehension about talking right. to you. Um, Harder to get those needs sense. or wants right. or you know where it makes exactly. sense. Right? And you can help whittle down, yeah, truly what the needs are and how to right. best make that happen and then and, fit within their budget. And then introduce new ideas that aren't traditional to a law firm that may be unconventional for them. Mm-hmm. Hoteling, benching. Mm. Do your paralegals need to be in the office every day? Do your attorneys need to be in the office every day? Yeah. Can they sh- can they share a space to reduce your footprint? Um, and that's much more of a reality these days. And because it's a, a newer trend, people are less up to date on how to manage um, culture like that. You know, they 
they have a hard time thinking outside of the box. Out, yeah. out of the norm. Right. Well, yeah, and law firms are generally pretty traditional. You know, mm-hmm. it's more traditional of an industry as well. But Chris mentioned that last week as well. I mean, the, the norm is just changing these days. You know, more people are working from home. More people are commuting. More people are sharing spaces. Um, and we're all kind of navigating that together and figuring out how to best take advantage of that and how to best operate to our fullest capacity. So another option might be if it's a small firm, could we embed them in another firm mm-hmm. inside of another firm where there's not a conflict? Maybe a larger firm has a long-term lease and they have a wing or a section of their office yeah. that they're not using that um, they w- they would want to sublease out. Yeah, that's a win-win then. You know, yeah. they can, the other right. firm can sublease and you and even share, even share some of the services, possibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's actually a good segue, too, because what I wanted to ask you about, I know you've worked with firms of all sizes. You have your solo and smaller firms. Then you have firms that could be up to 500 people. What are the challenges in dealing with firms of all sizes from a facility standpoint? I would say from the smaller office, it's just setting expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, do you really need 5,000 square feet? Um, can we find you a location suitable um, on, with a small footprint? Mm-hmm. If you want to be in a trophy building or Class A space, we might not be able to find 2,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be where we try to embed someone probably. Okay. I like that term, trophy building. I know. I it's like you want to show it off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did, Lauren. Of course you did. That's why I'm the host. <laughs> and dealing with larger firms that are maybe nationwide or even international, yeah. it's um, how do we duplicate that footprint? Is the expectation that you are the same everywhere you go or do yeah. you want to fit the environment? If you have an office in Seattle, it's not you're not going to want to decorate it the same as an office in Miami perhaps mm-hmm. or Colorado. A lot goes into thinking about this. Yeah, but you do. You still have those brand guidelines that you to some extent have to follow. But, you know, in different ways, I guess. Just make it a little easier. Follow right. our brand guidelines, but make it a little different. Unique. You know? Make it specific yeah. to your area. Again. Right. So, Mary, you have 16 years' experience in the in the law industry. You know, you've been helping out many different firms uh, along the way. What are some of the best practices that can be shared that any firm of any size could use? Um, always consider security of your office um, when you're designing it. Do you want clients to stop in the lobby and not be able to proceed any further without being escorted? Mm, mm -hmm. Um, Do you want your receptionist sitting out in the open in today's world? That's not the safest practice. We suggest putting them behind glass. doesn't have to be bulletproof, (laughs) but where you can – there's a separation. Sure. Um, You know, again, what floor do you want to be on for security reasons? How close to the parking garage do you want to be? Yeah. All of those. So keep in mind all of those questions and be thinking about that whenever making these types of decisions. Exactly. That's definitely good advice. Definitely stuff I did not think of. Again, learning a lot today, but that's why you guys are the experts. Like we mentioned before, these are long-term decisions. Yeah. You don't want to find yourself a month into your six-year lease (laughs) with regret because you didn't think of some of the things that we could have helped you with beforehand. Yeah, or what happens if it snows outside and your parking garage is four blocks away? That's not ideal, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Brutal. (laughs) So I, I... 
I'm sure there's a lot of project management that comes into facilities and procurement. So do you guys also play that role of project manager for the firms that you're working with, or how do you handle that? Generally, uh, we act as the project manager on the tenant side. Okay. Um, In larger high-rises and managed buildings, the landlord generally has a project manager on their team or the contractor has a project manager working on behalf of the landlord. So once the negotiating is done, um, we will make sure that it's built out to your specs and, and requirements. Okay. I know uh, you must have some stories of some ways that you have gone. What? What's so Sorry, funny? you said stories, and I was like, "Ooh, we're gonna get into good stories." <laughs> so, yeah. Tell, <laughs> us, Give us, a tell us a good story of like a really Mary? bad building you found. No, no, yeah. no. no. Well, I was looking more on the positive side around some stories that where your organization has gone beyond to kind of help. One of the first leases that I worked on and did the build out on. Um, I was still negotiating while in flight, okay. and that was before Wi-Fi. So I had a two-hour flight, gave the landlord long enough to think about the terms, hoped that when I landed, oh, we, oh my they had agreed to them right. because I had a moving truck. Oh, my God. So you were all ready for that decision. <laughs> you planned ahead. Yes. And uh, we did come to terms, and we were able to move Oh in gosh. that day. Was that, you were like, phew, yes. oh my goodness, I'm yes. glad that that took care of that yes. and they went the right direction. That never happened again. I, I was going <laughs> to say, does stuff happen that last minute or that real time on a regular basis? Is that? Um, not on a regular basis. But it happens? But there are challenges every single day because yeah. when, you, when you get into a build-out, just like a house, you, there's hidden defects. There are, like on HGTV, Surprises. it's always yeah. there always has to be that drama moment, oh, yeah. and that's real life. You mean when you're, every time I remove carpet, there's not beautiful hardwood underneath it? That no. doesn't really happen And when you life? open up a ceiling, there may be $6,000 worth of wire abatement that you oh need to do before asbestos. you can be uh, less asbestos. Yeah. Asbestos is on the landlord's side, okay. but ah. there, are, there are some things that um, you're like, oh, my it can wow. definitely derail the timeline, though. Yeah. It may not be your liability, but you may find yourself without yeah. a place to go until they— Right. Right. But you could—I mean, what I'm hearing is that you've been in situations where something really bad happens like that, or somebody does need to pivot at the last minute, and you guys are able to support that, which is really cool. Right. We can usually come up with a workaround or a plan to um, finish out most of the suite, get an occupancy permit, and wall off the rest of it until it's finished. So even somebody with your experience, do you still get surprised? Yes. <sighs> so that, Tell us a good surprise. No, no. no that, that makes, you know, my point with that is if I'm new, if I'm handling this myself, yeah. something is going to happen surely true. that I'm not going to count on because with all of your experience, you know, still things pop up. You know, that's why it's good to, you know, partner with somebody that can help with that yeah, in these that's situations. that's a great point. You know, doing this as not your daily expertise, it can, all of these surprises, as you just mentioned, can mm-hmm. very quickly snowball yeah. into something that is completely uncontrollable and unmanageable. Yeah. And when someone towel, like Mary, be who's been right? doing, <laughs> yeah, when someone like Mary, who's been doing this for a, a decade and a half. Yeah. All day, every day, can get that one surprise, but still have the network to be able to yeah. manage that right. surprise. Think about trying to do it yourself, and yeah. and the situation you might find yourself in with your company's future at stake. Yeah, she. We did it have all. a situation in Pittsburgh where uh, 
we did not manage the project and we went in to move in and there was no low-voltage wiring. So we had to go back to the landlord. We're in the current location and request a month-to-month lease. Mm. Um, we were able to get it at a reasonable cost. Usually you go into a holdover position at 150 or 200% of oh, wow. your rent, your base rent, which is very costly. Mm-hmm. Um, able to get uh, contractors in to get the wiring done and the circuit installed in 30 days. So wow. It was, oh, wow. A, it was a relatively quick turnaround. That's a win, yeah. Definitely a win. But, I mean, Brad, that was a great analogy. I mean, imagine you're at home and you decide to take on this DIY project and you take out a wall and there's something bad there. Like there's bad wiring, there's mold, there's maybe asbestos. Like what do you do? You don't know. Right. You know, and so you have someone come in that knows exactly what they're doing. And, I mean, the time, the frustration that can save. Take my money. I know. <laughs> Stresses me knows. out to think it. We're, we're trying to do it. Uh, Let we us do our help bathroom you. at home. Exactly. <laughs> and we got about halfway through the bathroom, and it's really bad because we only have one at home, but we put in the sink and the toilet. <laughs> oh, this is not directed towards you, Brad. Um, but we did the sink and the toilet, and we started taking all the tile off the walls, off the floor, and it's literally been like an eight-month project because we have one bathroom, but we have a working toilet and a working sink, but everything else looks really bad right now. But it's kind of like, what happens if we go further and we find something and then we're out of a toilet, you know? <laughs> so it's just, it's pause, but. I can get you. I, I feel. I, I feel, can get you a blue yeah. box on your oh, driveway yeah. temporarily. No. <laughs> I'd be happy to help Is you Is this with your that. way of telling us that you haven't showered in eight months? Do I smell it? You did not mention a shower. Smell me, Brad. What do you think? Yeah. No, we have a shower and a tub still. That is the last to go because that's. We also have the doorway is not normal size. So um, something's got to give. Yeah. So something's got to give to get that tub out and a new one in. So Mm. it's like, it's a big project. So can I tell a positive story? Yes, please. Make me feel better because I'm stressed out now. Okay. (laughs) So we're working with a client right now that we're uh, moving into a space and we had a floor plan and they were looking at the floor plan and drawing lines and boxes and so forth and this person here and here and here. And um, I said, let's let's get some field measurements just to make sure what walls we really need to move and what can stay. Mm-hmm. And as it ended up, we we only had to move a half a wall and move a door in order to accommodate their needs. So it turned out to be much That's less of a fantastic. project that, than what you were all they were envisioning. And That's I'm good. sure that would happen quite a bit too. You know, you not knowing how to look at things, how you're going to go That's in and true, say, we yeah. have to knock down this, we have to do this. And then yeah. when how you're going to spend all, all this money when you don't need to. You and just, it, had they just brought a contractor in and told them what to do, they would have done a lot of work that didn't need, need to, to be, be done. done. You don't think that you can't trust a blueprint. Yeah. Or, a look, or a, a drawing that's a, a good point. that yeah. someone that is provided point. to you, the landlord provided to you. And mm-hmm. when you're looking at that and you're looking at the space without a trained eye, you don't necessarily know or yeah. you can't see that that's – okay, on the drawing it says 13 feet 3 inches from point to point. I think that's a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Lexicon can see that as we're mm-hmm. walking through spaces. Yeah. The, the other thing we can see is what can we reuse? These doors mm-hmm. are in good shape. 
We can just change the hardware and give it a whole new look. It's just a lot more than you think right off the bat. You know, you think facilities management, you think procurement, ordering stuff, and you think buying furniture, whatever. But it's not just that. You know, yes, you're going to need to spend money to have someone do this for you. But at the end of the day, you're probably saving money because you have that expertise saying you don't really need to do that or you don't need to do this or let's use this over this because you're going to see that long-term cost savings. So... COVID-19, let's talk about that real quick, kind of transition here. Um, What successes have you really been able to document as a result of COVID-19? I know that a lot of people don't really see it that way, but at the end of the day, we've all had to pivot in some aspect because of how the world is changing. So we've all learned a lot. You've learned a lot. You've established new best practices as a result. Speak to that a little bit. So with working with procurement, we've been able to provide PPE to keep employees safe and clean Mm -hmm. and uh, keep the offices clean. Um, If we have had exposure or a positive test, we've gotten very good at reacting with electrostatic uh, decontamination cleaning. Mm -hmm. We can get that done overnight overnight. almost anywhere in the country now. That's awesome. So post-COVID, how do you, how do you see everything that you've learned managing our you know, current crisis, of current pandemic, for lack of better words? How do you see that relating to you know, once we go back to normal? I think it's going to change the whole world in how we yeah. do business, conduct business. We're now um, designing offices so that there's a spe- specific room where we can have court hearings via Zoom. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. The technology, uh, we're installing the technology, designing the room so it's out of the way and quiet mm-hmm. um, and maybe more than one room in an office depending on the size of the staff. Yeah, who would have thought? I know. But that's cool. So people can technically have, you know, virtual court hearings well, for and, that client that you're working on. And host on. Yeah. the client in and those ho- rooms yeah. in a way that's also safe, safe for both people. Mm, gotcha. Without – Without having to be face to face and having shields on the tables and yeah. a lot of obstacles, mm-hmm. it's it's really getting more more high tech, and it also reduces your footprint. Speaking just in that kind of terms, you know, from a billable hours perspective, you know, a lot of people are trying to do this on their own. Can you tell us some of the like how much that would cost them in hours, billable hours for them to do that. You know, we talked to Chris about that previously about procurement, but from the facility side, how is that uh, impact? Depending on the size of the project, hundreds of hours. Mm-hmm. Literally hundreds of hours. You know, it's I like what we were talking about before, all the different views, mistakes, surprises. We generally tell the client from the time you bring us in, of course, depending on how quickly you respond to us, um, it's about a six to eight month period oh, wow. before you move into your new space. Um, so think about the interruptions, not just the literal yeah, that's hour. That's professionals but the, doing it, not yes, you. Yeah. The interruptions that you would have also doing research to find out answers to questions that you can't answer off the top of your head, resources that mm-hmm. you need to contact, um, subject matter experts, we're going to do all of that for you. Yeah. And we're going to bring you a package that we're going to just take a few hours to sit down and talk about. And cover it with you. And then if it's not agreeable, we'll go back to work and come up with an agreeable package. Yeah. 
And I'm sure too, you know, you mentioned six, eight months, but you can do things on shorter time frames. And sometimes I'm sure there's longer planning and longer uh, future facing projects that you guys are working on too. So even if, you know, you know that in a couple of years, your firm is going to expand, it's never really too early to start looking to find that, that best area, the best deal, the best resources, whatever. Yes, absolutely. So leveraging the marketing discipline within Lexicon to Mm -hmm. be able to start collecting data on, you know, what the target demographic is. Mm -hmm. If you don't have this kind of data. That's a good point, yeah. That should start 12 to 18 months before you're looking to make any major location or business decisions surrounding an office or a lease. Like I said before, these are very permanent decisions. These are three to six year leases in a lot of cases. And that's a long time to be pigeonholed in the wrong, in, yeah. in the right. wrong part of town. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, and that's the nice thing about Lexicon is we have it all in-house so you can utilize the data team and they play hand-in-hand with our facilities and our procurement team. So, And certainly if you need a quick move, mm-hmm. we can look for a more suitable space that is already built out to meet your needs or very close to that. Yeah. We can, we can do it much faster or, or find you a suitable temporary space mm-hmm. in the interim that's affordable. So it just depends on the scope of the project um, and, you know, how ready is the client to answer the, yeah. the survey questions. Yeah, definitely. So we can get started. So beyond um, just the build-out piece of it or the location of the real estate, we'll also manage your lease for you, the critical okay. dates. We will help you reconcile your annual statements Make sure that you're not being charged more than you should be yeah. for operating expenses, common area maintenance, those types of things. Yeah, which you we'll, may just not know, you right. know. We'll take care of all the all those critical dates that need responses, um, estoppel agreements, uh, all of those kinds of things. Even going so far as to help you with the day-to-day managing any maintenance requests that you might have, mm. following mm-hmm. up with not the landlord necessarily, but the landlord's contracted maintenance company, Mm -hmm. staying on them to make sure that they get your air conditioning back on because it's 97 degrees outside. Yeah, so you don't have to play the bad guy. You can have somebody do it for you. That is exactly right. (laughs) Right. We want want the client to be able to do what they do best, and that's practice law. So we're there to take care of literally everything else. So um, as we wrap up today's episode, what things would you want people to take away from what you brought to us today? So I've been doing this for about 16 years, and Lexicon's been in the game about 12. So together, along with you, we're unbeatable. I, I, I'm down with and that. And that's yeah. magic. That's deep. Unbeatable. I love no, it. No, but it's true. I, you know, we it's, can manage it's what we do. your biggest asset outside of your employees. Let us do it for you. All right. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of The Lex Factor. We'll be back again next week with more ways that you can manage and optimize your firm. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.